It is November 4th at 9 o'clock p.m. I am Mike Barrera, and to my side, we have my good friend and buddy, Jose Nunez. Jose, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing so well. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't have butterflies in my stomach, uh, if I wasn't reminiscing and going over the last 12 so years of following this team, leaning into probably the, the second, uh, well, actually, it's biggest night uh prior obviously going for that shield uh now going for the actual cup itself it's 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 unbelievable something i can't describe and it's weird to say uh but it's it's awesome i'm so glad i'm not dreaming yeah you know it it, it didn't hit me jose for a bit so like i saw you right after the game and we're going to talk about the eastern conference finals well i completely by accident ran into you after the after the game which was awesome right <laughs> right and it didn't hit me there i was like oh jose and i'm driving home i thought it was gonna hit me when i was driving home it didn't hit me and then the union released um i believe like that you know body armor usual recap video they do and that's when it hit me i was like like shit we're going to eastern we're going to the mls cup final like this is real that wasn't a dream um <laughs> it was so many emotions that you just had you needed time to process what was happening over the last couple days. Uh, but as you guys know, the reason why we're recording tonight is because tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m., your Philadelphia Union, the Eastern Conference champions, are headed to Los Angeles. Actually, they're there already to play at 4 p.m. for the MLS Cup final against the dreaded LAFC. Um, I know I'm going to be at Subaru Park at the watch party. Jose, are you also going to be there? I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, initially this morning, the plan was for me to go either me and the other three, my two sons, uh, one who is almost three and the other one that's uh, a four month old and my wife, but my wife came home from work with some sort of sinus pressure and just mm -hmm. coughing a little bit. So if, if she's not feeling up for it tomorrow, I will certainly be here in my very own basement with a whole lot of food and not moving off this sofa. Honestly, man, part of me wants to be just alone somewhere to just <laughs> to like <laughs> go through the emotions. I'm almost envious of you, but you will be missed for sure at Subaru Park. Uh, for those who don't know, they are. I'm. I think the invitation list is probably still open to go to Subaru Park, free admission to watch the game with a bunch of uh, fellow Union fans. So I will probably be there around 1:30 or so, give or take. Um, and it's gonna be a good time. I'm excited. I'm excited to go. But before we get into the match ahead. I will read the sponsors off really quick so we can kind of just skip over them and get right into the nitty-gritty here. Peanut, thank you for joining us, by the way, buddy. Uh, appreciate it, man. All right, so let me get to the sponsors real quick, guys. So first up, we have Statement Games. Check out Statement Games at statementgames.com for a funny way to fancy sports and entertainment. Can we have gift cards and prizes? It's free to sign up at statementgames.com. Next up, we have Dome Distillery at uh, the – Trolley Barn Public Market in Quakertown at DonutStiller.com. You can check out their new variety of drinks and spirits. That's an old note there for joining them on Sunday, October 30th before the game. So don't go to them this coming Sunday. But they do offer uh, pregame shows pretty often. So uh, check it out when they do release their next one. Following up after that is Vinny's Pizza in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Discover new favorite by trying their top pizzas and so much more. Check out their new website at Vinny'sPizzaRestaurant.com. And then we have Stuff to the Grills at 6750 Iroquois Trail, conveniently right next door to Vinny's Pizza. So go check out those two locations <laughs> there. You can go to StuffToTheGrills.com. They have homemade hot and cold sandwiches, sa salads, appetizers, baked goods, so much more. And they're available for all different kinds of events. So Stuff to the Grills right there, great place. And then lastly, we have the Across the Pitch shop at the AATSportsNetwork.com slash shop. So you can check out all cool gear below right there. And that is our sponsor read. Now, Jose... I'm going to shoot to you really quick. 
before we discuss the Eastern Conference final a bit, I know you were fortunate enough to be at the send-off. Oh, uh, yeah. So I want to hear about that. That's what I want to hear about first. You know, I, I, yes, I was fortunate. I, I am also very fortunate and, and, and glad to work for Swarthmore College. Uh, everything I say is my own opinion, not reflective of my employer. I always say that out loud. <laughs> um, but man, what a fucking event that was. And I know it was minimal, right? Like they had the cup. You could go take a picture as you were waiting for everything to 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 happen. That was great. I chose to park and go over to the uh, power complex, the the training building, um, the brick building in the middle of the parking lot. It, it's hard to miss, right next to the practice fields. Um, mm-hmm. And I got there pretty early. I think at around, I think I was up against the you know a typical metal fence that you would see at the front of a concert type of thing uh, at around one. It wasn't until 2.15, I think, the players came out. Uh, so stood there for a while, talked to some fans, watched the media get in, uh, watched the buses park. Uh, but it was it was so much fun, you know, just talking to other fans who have been like us uh, around for the longest time, for the highs of, of now and the lows of uh, Vincent Noguera wanting to go back to France to be with family or, or, or Marquis signing Freddie Adu not panning out or figuring out how the hell to spell emboli like people who were all <laughs> along with us for the ride were there talking about it um but it was cool the jersey right behind me here this old school looking union one uh, uh julian carranza signed it and then right on top of my soda stream if i can figure out how mirroring works right there uh was able to get jim Curtin, jack elliott uh glessness and uh um, Brujo Martinez to sign, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, I only had a darker marker, which doesn't look great on a dark uh, jersey. But nonetheless, if anybody actually looks and sees a signature that is a Union fan, they would ask. Um, but it was great. You know, it was awesome. That the, the one funny anecdote is that uh, the non-Union media showed up first, uh, and it was so funny <laughs> to see uh, as the players, uh, some players came out a little earlier to drop off some bags in the bus from the one side of the building that they were not supposed to come out of. One of the media people, a camera person specifically, uh, he or she, um, asked me, is that a player? Yes. That's Cor- <laughs> that's, that's, that's Corey Burke, that seven foot man. Yes. That's a player. Uh, so that's it's, so it's funny. funny. So funny to see that the non-soccer media that was maybe just put on assignment to get video, B-roll, et cetera, for <clears> the, <throat> the press. Uh, but then the Tannen Wolves of the world showed up. Uh, didn't trade any words. They have no idea who I am. I'm still a small cog as I'm getting my, my feet under me through this podcast and in the world of uh, union press, et cetera. But uh, it was it was great. You know, I was... I was disappointed that the shop did not have any any Eastern Conference uh, oh, okay. champions gear yet. Uh, though a day later, my father-in-law went to, or two days later, he went over to the Raleigh House in Collegeville, and he was able to get some shirts, etc. Which I chose not to take any because I want the proper champion one. That's um, right. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that summarizes the send-off. It was cool. Uh, it, it, it honestly getting there at one one thirty and leaving at three o'clock or whatever felt like a snap of the finger. It was just so quick because everybody was just there talking and reminiscing and, and just enjoying it. So I, I hope that we're able to do this more often. <laughs> we send our team off or again, we host tournaments, uh, fi- tournament finals or the conference or et cetera. We continue to host finals at Subaru park. 
but it was it was great. I recommend it. I, I it was wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the cameraman uh, at the at the event. Well, the big the big story right now is the uh, the interview with Acosta, who was saying, "Oh, so how do you like your time with Philadelphia?" And he's like, "Well." <laughs> Funny thing about that is I I play for LA. Um, yeah, so it's it yeah the the public the national media and those and those regular media who don't actually cover the team are you know finding their way into the uh, into the the press rooms and all that and they they better do some homework because as of right now they're not off to a good start. But no, yeah the I, I'm sure that was a great event. I know the players enjoyed. It. I know the family probably enjoyed it as well to see how much love and support. And because it wasn't like it was a weekend, it was the middle of the week. You know. People are doing all these different things, and they showed up anyway. The, the diehard fans like yourself, they showed up anyway, and they showed the support, and I'm sure that helped them a lot. And just feeling like, okay, we can actually go out there. We got we have people backing us and encouragement. So that was really cool that you got a chance to see it. Um, you, you know, Mike, uh, you know, it was it was cool because now that I maybe I'm, I'm – <laughs> It's weird to say, maybe I'm putting myself out there more uh, as, as a being part of the podcast and maybe being more vocal on social media through the, the union Twitterverse uh, where, where we see the, the great things that it can accomplish and some of the some of the head scratching things that come out of it. Uh, it was great to see, you know, folks from the KSU, see folks from the 138, 36, 37 sections with, uh, you know, folks that we recognize from from union Twitter. Um, so it's it's nice to start recognizing the faces which gives me hope that this is not just going to be a one and done, right? This, this type of success. Yeah. Uh, I know we've been experiencing probably, and, and I don't have the analytics or the data in front of me, but that the most successful three to four year span of this franchise uh, now, uh, yeah. but it's cool to see that the faces remain the same, which hopefully is creating lasting uh, bonds across different sections of the stadium, recognizing one another, basically what, Europe has had a head start for or a head start in over the last hundred plus years of, of having some of these teams. So it's, it's really cool to finally start to see it. Yeah. I've noticed that too. The, the union Twitter is starting to kind of hang out more at the games. I say like, Oh, I just met this person. I did this. So it is pretty cool seeing the camaraderie form. I mean, listen, most of us have been here since like you said, the Nagir days or when you used to get bread when you left the stadium, which I still <laughs> kind of miss. If they did that again, I wouldn't mind getting bread after the game. I would eat it on the, on the car ride back. Um, but yeah, it, the, the yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say remember remember that weird spell where Levi's was a huge sponsor or partnership, and they were selling jean jackets. <laughs> I know that was only like two three years ago, but it's still kind of a head scratcher of a. Partnership. <laughs> There's so many random moments for this franchise so far, like the tattoo officer, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so before send off and all this great stuff, we had the Eastern Conference Final, which again, you and I are both at. Um, for me personally, was a great experience. I mean, I've been to a lot of the big matches. Obviously, the Open Cup Finals. I've been to the you know CCL Final against Club America or East, you know, semifinal, and like it's been loud. I've I've heard it be loud, but after Corey Burke's goal hmm. i literally felt my chair shake underneath me which i think i post on twitter like i've never felt something because <laughs> i even looked i was like is am i rocking my chair i was like no the chair is literally just wobbling underneath me it was that intense and that loud from above and that's the thing when you're in the bowl of that you know the arena whatever you hear things differently than when you do when you're higher up right and the, like just the ear piercing roar of the crowd was awesome and just watching everybody just go insane was so cool so um from from an in atmosphere experience i thought it was bar none i thought the tailgate was great 
I thought people at after the afterwards in the concourse were great. From beginning to end, it was just a party the entire time. And even even when they went down one zero, there was about thirty seconds where it went dead quiet. And then you heard the people chanting, and the whole stadium started getting behind the team again. And even Jim Curtin said in the press conference, like they brought us back up, that you could hear them chanting and getting us back into the game. And then what? Five minutes later, they scored, and the rest is history. I mean, Jose, what was your experience like that night? I know I saw you from a distance down at this in the uh, in one in section one thirty eight, but how, what was your night like that night? Uh, I'm bummed that I was in section one thirty eight. I'll just put that <laughs> out there. My 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 tickets did not pan out to be in the one forty for whatever reason. I have a bone to pick with my ticket rep, uh, mm-hmm. but. But nonetheless, you know, 130, 140, 139, whatever, that atmosphere was unlike anything. Um, And I'll admit, I I went to the bathroom and missed the the two goals because they were so quick. (laughs) (laughs) So I missed the the, the two combat goals. But after watching them, I wish I would have been there, of course. Uh, but even during the Corey Burke goal, which is, I hate to say, probably one of the more mundane goals in, in recent memory for the for the Union and the way that we scored, etc. This this sound and the noise from the crowd was 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 I would say two, three times over what we experienced with Glessness with his volley against Red Bulls last year, uh, or whenever it was. I guess it was last year, and that's good that I'm forgetting all these memorable moments because they seem to be <laughs> happening more often for us. Um, but I, 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 Mike, you gotta sit with the peasants at some point. I know yeah. you like your press box. You like to be uh, heated, et cetera, <laughs> whatnot, but like Mike to be with everybody else that is there, not minding beer being spilled, uh, mm-hmm. people whistling, screaming, jumping, elated, yeah. uh, just, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I hugged the woman next to me and I had no idea who the hell she was. And like, she like gave me a kiss on the cheek and I'm just like, Oh, okay, great. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're, that's what we're building. And that it was, mm-hmm. it was incredible. Uh, was it tense? Absolutely. No yeah. one wanted to go down one, nothing to Red Bull. And that's exactly, I mean, New York city FC wrong, New York. Um, no one's Jersey. Uh, right. I, I just, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was, it was awesome. And, and it's great to hear because the shaking you felt up above was probably twice as potent on the, on the actual concrete of the stands. Like it was awesome. And, you know, even going to the bathroom and, and this is weird to say, but there was nobody, there was absolutely nobody in the concourse because nobody wanted to leave their seats despite having been scored a goal. And I'm guilty because I had way too many beers in the parking lot <laughs> and, 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 and maybe two or three Heinekens mid-game that literally the, the entire concourse was empty, which to me was kind of like, oh, even during regular season games when I go to the bathroom or, or, or have that gone down to whatever. At the time, my wife was pregnant, so help her back up into the stands, mm-hmm. et cetera you would see crowds and, and, and right. pockets of people, especially with kids. Yeah. Kids, etc. Dude, There was nobody, people even selling food uh, at the, like the concessions were just kind of cross-armed looking at the television watching because there was nobody in line to get anything. So like the, how captivating that game was and that evening was, I wish I could encapsulate that into something I can relive more often. And I know that right. there's videos that, that Carl Mandel and all the folks at, at the union are, are so great at putting together, but not, I don't think anything will replace being there that night. That was awesome. And it's such a shame, such, such a shame 
that we're not hosting this final uh, at Subaru Park. Well, so to touch on that, so I'll, I'll touch on both of them. So yeah, the memory alone. I mean, I, yes, I am. I'm very. I've been very fortunate to you know get that pass. In the last eighteen months, I've been fortunate to be in that box. But I've I was I've been to one game I think as a fan, which was last year's DC United match when it was a lightning mm. match, the yeah. lead match, which was a great game. Um, <laughs> played played the last what three seven minutes after like two hours of, yeah. of, of delay. Like, I, did not, no I did not stay for the whole thing. I went to a party <laughs> instead. But um, no, but it's 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 a unique ex- it's a different experience. You know, you see it, you see the game differently, and you certainly enjoy it differently. But I think now, even even now, though half of us in the press box, are, you know, are Union fans, and we and we can't like cheer and go crazy. There is a different level of excitement in the box because you you know it, it we even those who aren't fans are still covering the team. They're still with these players all the time. They still have built a relationship with these coaches and players. I mean, there is still a love for them that's different, you know. And so it's it's it was still a good experience, but um, it the LAFC uh, hosting right now has not gone great. For those of you who are on Twitter or you know online or whatever. The parking situation is essentially non-existent because of the USC match. I believe at the same time we're down the street. There's no parking at the stadium itself, from what I'm understanding. So you have to either get there early. They're even offering like free discounts or breakfast or some shit like that for an early arrival. So parking's an issue. Now tailgating at the Dodger property is an issue. I just feel like the union should have hosted this. They they should have beaten Red Bull at home way back when. Or it should have been goal differential as a tiebreaker rather than wins. And the union, the union would be hosting it, and it would have been magical. It would have been so loud at Chester. But, again, going back to your point, Jose, about the noise um, and just the experience. Over the past year and a half, I've been telling people, like my friend Chip, from you know who used to work with AT Sports, you have to watch a game. You have to get into it. And now, all this time later, I have people who never thought of the union before going to games and watching them on TV and saying like, Oh my God, the crowd looks so much fun. And now I'm hooked. I want to go back. So it's, it's now getting all those newcomers in mixed with the diehards and having this crazy environment and experience. And it's just been, I don't know, hard to explain words are, are don't really do it justice. As you said, it's hard to put that into a feeling and emotion. Um, and then, trust me tomorrow, but like you and I said, before we started recording, I'm nervous as shit for tomorrow. I don't know how are you feeling right now. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. I don't know that I have the words for it, and and I'm not, right. you know, trying to be. Uh, it's not hyperbole. It's not being facetious, but like it's really hard to even wrap my head around the fact that we got over that hurdle, which was mm-hmm. a, a semifinal, right? That we were able to finally figure it out against New York City FC at home. God forbid we ever had to go to their field and play oh. for a game of that magnitude. So I'm very nervous. I, I I hope I'm able to be at Subaru Park. I have the tickets downloaded and everything. Thank goodness that it, it, parking is free. Uh, as yep. I mentioned on Twitter, like I still can't believe that parking is free and that even I get getting in is free, but like parking being free to me is kind of like, oh, wow. Like they really want people there to make it All worthwhile. Right. So I, I hope I'm able to be there. But even if I'm at home with my boys or they're both napping or my wife takes them out for a walk, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we're here. I, I, I think it'll be great if we win. And even if we don't, I think it's something that I'll, I'll thoroughly enjoy after going through the seven stages of grief eventually. But uh, it'll 
it's 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 awesome it's 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 hard to comprehend or like wrap my head around again that we're like in this position so it's it's yeah. it's so so cool i mean if anybody's listening uh, and you're able to comment like what what are you guys feeling in the in the community right i know mike and i have a constant channel of communication and, and sort of see uh union twitter but for the listeners what are you guys feeling and mike maybe you can throw them up as, as people put them up but yeah it's it'll be great i i i I think tonight's going to be a long night, <laughs> but tomorrow I think we'll fly by. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. So it's funny because again, going back to the press side of things, I was able to get into the locker room after the game uh-huh. and I'm watching these guys. Now this is an immediate post celebration. This is like 30 minutes past celebration and just watching these players holding a trophy in front of me and celebrating it was very surreal. It was one of those things where like, I didn't even want to ask any questions. I just wanted to watch. Cause that's where the fan in me kicked in. I, I didn't want to like, I didn't want it to work. I don't, I just wanted to watch, watch players like Corey Burke, who has been at times maligned by the, the union fan base and has gone up. Yeah. Going through his ups and downs, have that moment to put the nail in the coffin of any pe- person who deserves to put the nail in the coffin for the union. It was Corey Burke. He's been through it all. Or, you know, Bedoya, obviously, um, or Andre Blake just hunched over, like being almost overcome with emotions, holding the trophy. I think like, these players have come through so much and seeing that is something I'll never forget. And to your point, whether they win or lose tomorrow, the season to me myself was a success. I feel like we, we went over the hurdle. We put ourselves in that status. The trophy will be that cheer on the top for the whole year. Because if you do get the trophy, I mean, I don't know, Jose, you probably know MLS history better than I do. If you earn the trophy tomorrow afternoon, would the union be top five? top 10 best teams ever in MLS cup history or MLS history. I mean, what are your thoughts on even thinking that out loud and saying that out loud if they were to win tomorrow? Uh, you know, trying to, I would, I would, I would say certainly in the top 10, uh, yeah. it's hard when you look at those DC teams from the, from the early aughts of the MLS where you have the, the, Echeveris and the Jaime Morenos who are still record holders on, on their own. And I, I shout them out because they're from Bolivia where I'm from. So that's, that was one of my few links to MLS early on. Um, but those teams were also stacked, right? The men, Ben Olsen's of the world being in them, if I, if I remember correctly. So some incredible teams there, but none of them had the goal differential that we had. None of them went, I don't believe. And, and if anybody is fact checking, let us know in the future. But like, I don't believe anyone actually had a home stand that was undefeated at home, you know, like for an entire season and then some, uh, cause I think it, that, that led, that actually started last season where we started going undefeated at home. Right. Um, well, I guess it ended with <laughs> NYCFC, but, uh, if you talk about regular season undefeated, I think going into the playoffs and then obviously the NYCFC loss, and then you carry on to a, a boatload of ties, but ultimately winning at home um, and, and making that a fortress. So yeah, I would, I would say top five though. I, I would maybe leave that for the, the, the tannin waltz of the world or the king heads of the world to maybe share with us what their thoughts are if they have enough you know, points of reference to make that decision. But to me, I, I would say so. And what's even more interesting, Mike, and, and it's mind boggling because I continue to read more and more about it, just the dichotomy and how uh, unequivocally opposed the buildup to these teams actually has been, right? Where you look at LAFC and it's, it's just 
dump money, $2.some million, $3.some million for players, a free transfer for some of these guys <laughs> versus the union who have Ernst Tanner going out there and honestly – uh, sh- shaking the, the cushions off the sofa to find quarters and nickels to get the Kai Wagner's of the world or the Glessness of the world or be fortunate enough to turn with Jim's help uh, a Jack Elliott, a West Virginia alum, or be right. fortunate enough to get a, a, an Andre Blake as the keystone of the entire team. So it's 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 just so unbelievable how how this this is all shaping up to be a. a um, and it doesn't it shouldn't feel this way because we technically have been better than them in a way. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, there was Goliath, right? Like it's it's it just feels like there's just such a dichotomy between the two teams, but it just still feels like whatever the bookies say. I know we're underdogs and and whatnot, but like it just feels like tomorrow's going to be special, and I hope it is. And I I hope I'm not eating my shoe <laughs> the next time we get together, but like it it feels like it's really going to be special despite a loss if that happens, and hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, it's funny. So you touch on two things. I mean, for one, we're all Philly fans here, right? The Sixers are the the epitome of trust the process. We're going to purposely lose to earn draft picks to win, which we're still waiting on. And I said this at probably about like 10 episodes ago. The union are the definition of trust the process. They started from nothing, right? A fan, a fan base started them. They developed this academy. They have been with this, with Jim Curtin for almost 10 years now. They have these youth players coming through the ranks. They've gone through their ups and downs at the Open Cup. And yet, through all that stress, the curtain was never closed. The players you know, <laughs> kept getting better and better. And we just kept trusting and trusting and supporting and rooting for them. And every year, Subaru Park or Talent Energy or PPL, whatever you want to call it, got more and more full. And we've reached this, this now top, this pinnacle, this top part of this process that we've been waiting for for 12 years, 10 years, whatever you want to, you know, however long you've been a fan for. And like you said, it, it has this magical feel to it, this, this typical Philly feel to it. We're not just paying people out. We're starting from the roots of our backyard with Paxson Aronson from Medford or, you know, Matt Real or Brendan Craig or McKenzie, all these players from around here. Morgan. Langley, Swarthmore, the pride of Swarthmore, Morgan Langley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a different, it has a different vibe. It very much has a David, David and Goliath, but also I'm going to go back to your point about Glessness, right? So if you guys remember two years ago, I think when the union kind of arrived on the scene was the LAFC match, which is what I told you before we started recording, everything kind of came full circle with this particular group. So back, it was at 2020. We had high aspirations of, you know, as we always do. But then you go to LAFC and you expect to get blown out. And you had this epic, epic match between these two teams. And you have the Glessness Rocket. You have the Brujo Bloody Lip, right? Whatever, Bloody Nose, whatever it was. And you're introduced to these players for the first time. You really got a feel for who these players were and the, the possibility that they had over these next couple of years. And then the world shuts down. And then you have the MLS Cup as a, you know, back tournament. And then you win the supporter shield and then just got better and better and better. So for me personally, to have LAFC be that final boss in this video game is almost the perfect ending. Whether we win or lose, it just feels like that perfect magical moment that mixed with the whole climbing the last decade and a half, you know, hill that we've been on. I mean, do you kind of feel the same way with 
with it being LAFC compared to Portland Timbers or Vancouver or whatever other team you can think of, you know? Yeah, I think it, I, I wholeheartedly agree, right? It's been 12 years of following this team, doing the drive from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, on the other side of Harrisburg, to come mm-hmm. to eight or nine games during the season, now being back in the area and, and pots down still a little further out than most. And, and season, partial season tickets, season ticket holder now, et cetera, just – it's been it's been quite the journey from a poor a high school kid to a poor college kid to now being a, a professional with with disposable income that I can just throw at, at tickets etc. That it, this very much feels as a find the final piece of like you got to beat the best to be the best right? right and it could not have been a better a better team would I have loved playing against Austin. Yes, because it would have been at home, but Austin's also a very good team that I think would have been great. And man, what kudos to them for making it to the semifinal on their sec in their second season. Um, but I had neither here or there. Just yeah, it absolutely feels like it's just like <laughs> script writers are are either writing a very nasty joke to us. <laughs> Or for for us, or they're writing a fairy tale that this could become a, an ESPN thirty for thirty in the next right. couple of years. So how the union bankrolled the the operation, the entire roster off of a a sliver or a good chunk of one player's salary that is out in Toronto. Like it's 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 unbelievable what this could be. But alas, we wait. Yeah, we wait. Well, speaking of this team, I mean, before we get into like the match preview and discussing what we think about tomorrow night's uh, affair, one of the biggest news that came out today, which was surprising for all of us, was the fact that Paxson Aronson would no longer be with this club uh, moving forward. Uh, the loan came out, what was it, maybe 5 o'clock this afternoon? I think, I know Tom released it. Who Tom has actually been, Tom Bogart, he's been in the, at the Union Games the past two of the last three weeks, which has been pretty cool to kind of see him roaming around Subaru Park. But Paxton Aronson will not be back as of next year. I believe it starts in January, right, Jose? The uh, the deal? Yeah, you know, I, I think I warned a lot of people about this, certainly in my you know friends group, but, but even to you and Dave of like mm-hmm. a lot of teams are going to start reloading as much as they can prior to the World Cup uh, right. and, and making some of these deals, especially with MLS players that are not World Cup bound. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be more more movement in the next couple of, of weeks leading into the 20th or whatever, 19th or 20th when the World Cup kicks off, mm-hmm. uh, when the picture is fully clear of who's, who's in and who's out, uh, especially coming this Wednesday, I think, with the roster announcement for the U.S. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, I, it, it, sh- it shook me to think, oh, really? <laughs> I actually did. An, oh, really? He hasn't played a whole lot. But I, I guess this is just based on national team performance and, and right. word of mouth by two people at the leadership. So, yeah. So the deal, if you guys haven't heard yet, Frankfurt has agreed to the union for a $4 million deal plus add-ons plus a sell-on percentage. As you guys know, Aronson at 19 won the golden ball at the CONCACAF U20 champions so uh, with a medical and all next week, the deal will be done. And again, continuing with Tom Bogert's uh, tweet, this is not a loan back for the deal. So he will join the team, the first team in January, again, after the medical and all that is taken care of. So we know there's ties with Frankfurt from years past. I mean, it seems that they've had their eye on him for a while. I completely agree. The fact that we got $4 million for a kid who doesn't play much at all says a lot. I know you and I have talked personally and behind the scenes and all about his comparison to Brendan. I personally think that Brendan will overall have the better career. 
I love Pax. I'm just saying that just from my pers- my point of view, I could be whole. I completely complete. I could be completely wrong, which is great. I don't care. But I'm just kind of surprised that we got that much for him. And I hope that Brendan or Paxson does well, so we can continue to kind of reap the benefits from this deal. But I, tomorrow's going to be it. I mean, I do you think he even sees playing time tomorrow? If if it's a tie game, I don't. I don't personally think so. No, no. I mean. If Bedoya is not good to go, which again, off offline, we've talked about how yes. I, you know Bedoya. We can talk about it later. I won't get into it, but I, I don't see a world where Paxton Aronson. Actually, I do see a world. A world where we're winning six nothing with right. twenty minutes to go, and we're just <laughs> rota- rotating the roster. Uh, which shit, what a what a problem that would be. Uh, highly unlikely, uh, but I don't I don't think Paxton Aronson gets a curtain call. Uh, tomorrow out in LA, I, yeah. I think, I think that has there's no room for that tomorrow, and and it's like you said, very surprising to see a player that has, I don't know, I I, I guess fewer than 500 minutes, 600 minutes this year. I, I don't even oh, know, much like fewer. Has yeah, like it, this. I, I'm still wrapping my mind around how this deal came up, and and it could be highway robbery or we should just continue. And I think it could be both. Maybe we, <laughs> the partnership with them is really, really good to the point that they trust us that deeply. And we hope for a meteoric rise of out of, out of Paxton Aronson for the sell on fee. But like, I, I still don't understand how they came up with that figure. Neither do I. And I guess in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of what the union uh, future looks like, that means as of right now, Gazog should probably be on the team next year. Maybe a big deal coming down the road. Also, I would personally feel that the union don't feel that Paxson is the heir apparent to Gazdog. It's either going to be signed from somewhere else or Daniel's is going to stay for a longer time than we expect. Minus, you know, obviously, unless we get this massive offer for him. But I'm as surprised as you, as like I said, um, I honestly thought Jack would probably have gotten the most recognition out of the three young guys which between Quinn, Paxson himself. I know Brendan Craig has really had a nice U.S. Youth National Team performance in the CONCACAF, so, you know, wonder where his time will be down a couple of years. And also Nathan Harriel, the other homegrown player who probably hasn't gotten much um, recognition overseas. But I, I really thought Jack would have been the one who got sent over. But considering Ali Bedoy is entering his final year probably next year, I'm glad that McGlynn's staying with us at least next year, especially because we do have the CCL tournament to worry about, which is where Paxton probably would have came to the mix in terms of depth. But that makes us look then towards Darbo and Sullivan and what they're going to produce next year. Yeah. Cause you know, listen, we do have a, a very deep Academy. Yeah. Does that mean they have a lot of belief in someone like Darbo who has gotten, uh, you're yeah, forgetting one name. You're forgetting one name. Who? Jesus Bueno. Oh, yeah. Well, him too. Yeah, forgot, <laughs> about, forgot about Bueno. Um, I ran into, I ran into him at the stadium a couple of games ago and, and I asked him for a picture and he's like, no, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he, he was not dressed, so kind of gives you onto know, what his mentality maybe was that night. Like he, he probably just wanted nothing to do with the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, he's one of the players that's been very much like Orvik, which we've talked about previously, who you thought was gonna be big or at least contribute, was not. Same thing with you know Davo last season, which a name I almost forgot about was Davo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's weird saying that now, uh, but yeah, I. I Maybe Bueno is in the mix for next season more because with Paxson gone, who knows? Um, but again, 
tomorrow afternoon will be the last time Pax Anderson suits up in a Union uniform, which is a, weird to say. Um, but hopefully it is a 4 nothing game, and he can play 15 minutes and get that curtain call at the end and a round of applause from the fans who, Jose, you and I were talking again before we went on live. I saw people flirting around the number of 2,100 fans tomorrow. I don't think that's an accurate number. I mean, have you seen anything else since we've been talking about the number tomorrow? No, I, I've been looking at my phone, which I apologize, uh, just to make sure my wife is okay with the kids. Uh, but <laughs> uh, to me, that sounds like a typo. And, and I hope uh, from the bottom, bottom of my heart that I'm wrong. And that is the actual figure. Yeah. Um, because that if that is the correct figure, that has to include every single member of the front office, ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then some like I, I can't fathom us sending 2,100 fans over there. I mean, are we paying people <laughs> like, to yeah, go? Actors. Um, so I know that the union sent over 180 of the staff. And I know there's a couple hundred more fans. I was expecting closer to 400. Five. That was probably like my realistic number. I mean, I don't know. L- LA has never been a big sports town outside the Lakers. I mean, you go to Rams games and all that, and it's usually filled with Philly fans. So I don't know. Maybe we just took over the stadium. Maybe we're going to take over the stadium tomorrow, Jose. Yeah, Dodgers. Don't forget the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Only the Dodgers. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I know the LAFC fan base has always been pretty lively, and I've seen games on TV, and they seem like they come out in droves. Hmm. But 2,100 fans. How Do you know how many people that stadium seat, uh, fits? I, I can't imagine being terribly more than the Union, maybe 20-something, right? Uh, I have no idea. I've never looked into it. I I, it, I mentioned it on Twitter today and, and talking to my wife. Like One of the biggest issues of, of this whole MLS thing, um, especially when you get into home and away and having home field advantage versus a neutral site, uh, it's just the distance, right? Like the expense of, of yep. going from Pennsylvania out to California is just a monster to uh, to to just be able to. It's just so, so difficult. So it's, I don't know. I have no idea what that stadium is because I just don't know that I'll ever get to it. I hope to, but I highly doubt it. Maybe when I'm retired and I'm 65, <laughs> pension money to burn through or something. But like- Right now, I just can't envision myself going out there. So I have no idea. I can't fathom it's too many, too many more just based on on videos and, and watching the games, the whatever, the, the two times we've ever played them over there. Yeah, I know. A lot of fans just dropped everything and went, which I give them a lot of credit because I, I don't think I could do that this last <laughs> five uh, days. <laughs> you, have one, you have one kid too many. I have two kids too many. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Hey, listen, good for them. I know um, – Skylar Hoffner from the Union Nation, who is somebody I, I work with next to uh, at the press box. He's going. I'm really excited for him to be out there and be in the media day. So a lot of people who I know are diehards. I know Jared Nisley's going. Um, just another count, you know, countless number of fans that are going to be filling those seats. So hopefully they're loud. And the people who are going tomorrow to Super Park with me and everybody else, I'm sure that's going to be very much like a game experience. I'm sure there's going to be chants. I'm sure there's going to be people bringing drums and whatever else you can think of to kind of give it that – same mentality that we're cheering from them for them from afar thousands of miles away but uh you know jose we do have the match to talk about a bit what are you thinking for tomorrow what are you what is something that you're looking at tomorrow or something that from the previous match you're hoping happens again or doesn't happen again tomorrow oh i think i think tomorrow is going to be very much an exercise of us 
being okay or having to be mentally okay with with 30% possession and <laughs> just having to 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 just deal with a barrage of of Vela and uh, I don't even know if Bale's fit to be completely honest with you which gives me again a shiver down my spine to think that Bale's going to be at that game um yeah just uh, we're going to have to be okay with low possession. I think it's going to be a counter-attacking game. Hopefully it's low possession because we're having to give them the ball from the center spot because we're scoring so much. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't imagine that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a, a tight one, nothing, if not a two, nothing game. It's just, which way is it going to go? Right. Will we, will we get a masterclass from our number six? Will Brujo shut it down? I'm not sure. Uh Will Bedoya be fit? I don't know. I mean, there's so many, so many storylines to work through with this game that it's it's just so hard to predict. And many of them hopefully <laughs> point towards us winning, but it's also such a tough team to beat. They didn't they uh, much like us. They haven't they haven't lost a whole lot. And no. the times that they lost, it was just kind of a I don't want to say head scratchers, but that was I think Austin gave them a few, if not two of their losses this year. It Austin just, kicked their ass earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we duplicate what Austin does? I don't know. Austin's just a completely different makeup where they're actually super attacking. Uh, we're more of a defensive stalwart. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, defensive. <laughs> if you're talking about defensiveness comparison between Austin and us, I mean, if you watch the Western Conference final game, that Austin did a terrible job <laughs> on the defensive end. It should have been 5-0 by the time that halftime whistle blew. My God. But besides that, um, so I'm looking back on the lineup right now as you were talking. So the last time we played um, LAFC, which was back in May when we had that long stretch of road games, was right after the Nashville game. This is the match that people wanted to sacrifice, if you remember as well. So people wanted to send the B team out to play LAFC because they wanted to send the A team to play Orlando in the Open Cup. That did not happen. So, needless to say, the lineup that night was the usual, except Burke started for Ua because Ua got hurt in Nashville, and you had Nathan Harrell starting behind Bedoya. Everybody else was the same. Now, if you remember correctly, Jose, uh, we took the lead early. We gave it up. We took the lead again by Carranza's beautiful goal, and then we gave it up again. So we did take the lead twice in that match with a lineup that is much more defensive-minded compared to offensive-minded with Nathan Harrell and Corey Burke thrown into the mix. Now you have Michael, who's playing pretty decent. You have Olivier, who I said earlier in the the season was going to be the most improved player, and I almost – thought I was going to be a dumbass after the week three. And then he came back and probably proved me right. <laughs> so he did well, but I can't imagine Olivier doesn't start in this match. He's going to, he's going to play. He's been playing too well lately to not start. But if you remember, Carranza was very aggressive in that match. And he was the reason why Daniel started that uh, score that goal, because he just basically plowed down the field. So I do believe that Carranza is going to have a very big impact because he was very much involved last time they played. And also, before I send it back to you, right before last week's match, I posted somewhere online that Julian hadn't scored since August 31st. So he went a two-full calendar month before since scoring, and he puts in the back of the net in the Eastern Conference Final. I'm hoping that gives him some extra bit of confidence. Like, finally he saw it go in. Here comes a Julian hat trick just waiting for us. Um, but the one thing in particular that worries me the most is Alejandro Bedoya's health. Because, again, if you go back to that match, I thought Bedoya did very well in that match. And I thought they did a very good job of controlling Vela in that match. Despite, 
you know, as you said, the LAFC barrage of talent. So the fact that he's not a full healthy, you know, possibly 90 minute guy tomorrow kind of scares me because then you put Jack McGlynn in that position. We flirted with the idea of having Nathan and Olivier on the pitch at the same time, which I don't think will ever happen. I think Jack is going to start. But knowing what you know now with this lineup compared to what I just showed you in this lineup from back in May, what are your thoughts now over everything? Yeah, it's it's. I think Julian Carranza, and I will pat myself <clears> in the back. I think one of the first early episodes of me joining you guys uh, mm-hmm. as a rotating chair, maybe trying to push myself into being where I am now. <laughs> uh, I, I remember telling you guys, like, hey, this guy's no joke. He comes from a very dysfunctional family, being inner Miami. He, we, yeah. we think I believe that he's going to be a key difference maker, especially for what we bought him or what what the fee was going to eventually be, which wasn't at the time open uh, out there for everybody. But at the time it uh, eventually came out like 550 K. I think it was, it was like yeah. peanuts. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he might be the difference. You know, he may not show up on the score sheet as a goal scorer or an assist uh, uh, player, which he did both last game. The pressure that he puts on players is is that like of Leon Flock, somebody who doesn't put himself into the right. stat sheet very often, unless you're counting the distance traveled across the pitch, right? He's yeah. constantly pressuring, hungry, having an appetite to just push, 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 that hopefully that allows other players like the Mikel Uas to find space or to just... I don't know. Is tomorrow the day where Chiellini, Chiellini's back goes bad because he's ancient, and suddenly there's a bad pass due to pressure, and 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 Ua puts it in the back of the net? I don't know, but holy shit, will Julian Carranza uh, be pressuring? In regards to what happens with Bedoya, I, I myself, as much as I criticized him, and certainly he's bounced back and had a, an, a, an immaculate season this year. Yeah. Don't know that I would start him knowing knowing that he had to come off. Was it halftime when he came off? I think it was halftime. halftime. Okay, he didn't, yeah. He didn't play the second half, yeah. Yeah, came off at halftime. Couldn't even get up to the, up the steps to celebrate with the cup. He needed help. Uh, that just leads me to think that, that, that I can't imagine that he's healthy enough to play a professional soccer game for 90 minutes. Um, I've never been a professional. I've never had a professional uh trainers take care of me for a week and change to make sure that i'm able to do what i need to do so it's 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 i also maybe i'm talking out my butt a little bit but (laughs) it it also scares me because mcglynn he's just he's a kid like he's just a kid right i know he has ice running through his veins after those pks against nashville uh, or that pk against nashville but like this is not nashville this is not nashville at home this is la at la for the championship this is this is a different level um and i just can't envision envision a world where we even go more defensive than we already do by putting in Bizo and um nathan nathan um on the pitch at the same time i i just right. can't fathom a world outside of injuries or covid yeah. hitting right. that we have to do something that drastic so uh, I don't know. It's it's to me it's hard to predict, but the Bedoya is the biggest, you know, question to be answered and and I think Jim is probably had he's probably had that conversation with Ali. We're just waiting for what the results are. I I, I like to think that Ali whether it's a yes or a no to play, let alone start, 
Ali will be behind the team all along and and yeah. and and be there. But I can't imagine being the captain of the team and be told Ali. I I don't know. I don't think so. I I, I think you got to come from the bench or just not play at all. That, that that has to be tough to stomach. So I don't. I I'm intrigued. I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the the, the lineup is tomorrow at whatever three o'clock. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one match I'm worried about McGlynn being out there. I think you nailed it around the head. This is not at home against whoever you want to play against. This is this is the big leagues, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, Jack will be pressured and put under more. They'll probably attack his side more than ever. Um, and I as they should, know, as they should, as they completely should, especially with Leon on the other side. And that's the thing. You, you so, and if you, if it's not Jack, Mike. They should tackle. They should. Everything should be flowing on that side, whether it's Jack or Bedoya. If you're LAFC, 100%. you think to yourself, uh, "Why are we not challenging everything, channeling everything down Bedoya's side?" With he's got he's got a peg leg right now that's being mm-hmm. held together by painter's tape. Like LAFC would be foolish to not channel everything down that way. Just take them for a sprint. <laughs> you know that's all. It, that's all it's going to take to test it. <laughs> and that's going to put so much pressure on Olivier to play yeah. as well as he's played. And that's, so what I was about to say was, sorry, the union, no, no, it's fine. No, the union are very much, we win as a team. We lose as a team, right? Every player has to play well to succeed. Mm-hmm. You need everybody to play like their life depends on it. And that I think one person in particular is Leon flock. I mean, listen, I love Leon defensively. You know, he's going to be there. You know he's going to be able to play at a high level defensively. From an offensive standpoint, they have to be able to go down the left side of the field with his assistance. He has to be able to connect passes. He has to be able to, to have a good, successful cutback pass, which you've heard me talk about a couple times already with Leon. He doesn't need to be Gazdok tomorrow. He just needs to be serviceable offensively. He cannot cost a team with some crazy turnover in the middle of the field that leads to a counterattack because despite how good our defensive backline is, their offense is, as you can see by the, the numbers, pretty damn good. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you talk about flare-ups and, and mistakes that can't happen. Right. Look no further than our number six, you know, our, 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 our magician that can sometimes be the cancer of the team, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to, to uh, middle of, of, you know, run of play with, with, Brujo uh, Martinez, just one straight pass that he's trying to just thread the needle, but it just completely misses the mark altogether, and they come in the counter. Can't take too many of those, especially with that attacking force that LAFC has. Um, yeah, it's it's this is this is very much a chess match right now, yeah. uh, and I like to think that maybe we have the better chess player at the helm, but I'm intrigued to see what Jim pulls out of his hat. Uh, and it can't be, it can't be flashy sneakers tomorrow. It has to be, can we, can we actually use subs? Can we, can, and for the love of God, this is, this is me venting. Can Mikel Ua, if he can go more than 60 minutes. Yeah. Especially with higher legs. Can, yeah. can he go further than 60? I, I mean, I should track back. There was one game where he went like 70. Uh, and even even on social media uh, videos, his teammates give him shit for only going sixty minutes. So like, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't buy Mikel Ua to play sixty minutes. We we bought Mikel Ua to play all ninety and really do it. And I know he's been adjusting, but um, 
yeah, so many storylines to this match, Mike. So many storylines that we could just sit here for two, three hours at it and and, and talk about. Yeah. But I, I I think ultimately it's going to come down to, and I hate to say it, like the bounce of the ball, right? Uh, <laughs> like yeah. it's. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine just for a second, Mike. Imagine we beat LAFC mm-hmm. with a Leon Flock goal <laughs> from inside We're the box. Jose Martinez goal. <laughs> Jose Martinez Bali. Oh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I might Dave's not here. Oh. Yeah. I might put Jose Martinez goal score just just to do it because if there's ever a game he were to score a goal, it would be tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, it, whatever. You know, um, to, to, to that point yeah. though, Mike Martinez's first 20, 30 minutes when the emotions are really high and that game's yeah. gonna feel like you're playing FIFA with the speed up to a hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see if he keeps it together and he's not running for the following seventy with a yellow card because mm-hmm. again. If uh, what's their her uh, is it Cherundolo is that is that their head coach I can't remember. Um, I don't remember his full name. Yeah. Uh, if I'm the head coach of LAFC and I see Jose Martinez with a yellow card 20 minutes into the game, uh, someone sit on top of him and receive the ball and try to turn the ball around him. He will yeah. foul you every 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 other time. So like, just just a chess match, and that's that's it's beautiful to watch. But it's so stressful when it's your team and you're trying to figure out how the hell they're going to sort it out. It's just, it's unlike anything. Well, in terms of just the, you know, the chess pieces, you know, if you want to call them that, the one person that I feel has a lot to prove tomorrow is Jack Elliott. Yeah. And I think if there was ever a player who was slighted over the past couple of weeks, it is Jack Elliott. Because earlier in the season, he earned like that mid-season defensive player of the, you know, the year, some bullshit award, right? Exactly. Wet fart. And you, wet fart. And you thought, okay, well-deserved, right? Jack is great. I'm glad they acknowledge him. But then you come down to this final week. He doesn't get nominated for Defender of the Year, which is fine because Kai Wagner's awesome. Whatever, I get it. J- you know, Jacob and him, they can't have three players, so I get it. You have... The, the best 11 doesn't even have him in there for the game tomorrow. <laughs> Chiellini. Chiellini's, <laughs> Chiellini's in over, it, over him. him. <laughs> Which it doesn't make any sense. And I, I remember I was listening to um, Todd Lewis's The Free Kick Pod yeah. uh, Spaces last night. And he was saying, like, how is this – how does it make sense that Jack Elliott isn't over Chiellini or even Zimmerman over the, you know, the, in the best 11 for the MLS, that kind of stuff? All these little personal awards and comparison to the politics of the league. And you have to feel like Jack – feels a little bit slighted because if it wasn't for, I mean, granted Glessness is a reason why he's obviously as good as he is, but it seems like Jacob's getting all the love, all the recognition. He's the one who has a big boot. He's the one who with the defender of the year award, he's the one who's the leader in the center back. And you have to feel like Jack is, I'd argue the most important person on the back line. If you really think about all the moments he's had this past season, how important he's been all year, Jack Elliott has been a staple of that center back duo. Um, and I think him and Daniel Gazdog, who got slighted for MVP finalists, have a lot to prove tomorrow. And for me personally, as a fan of the team, I'm, I'm almost happy that they got kind of snubbed because I want to have that mentality of this isn't good enough. It's not good enough to make it here. It's not good enough to get snubbed for this or make a finalist for that, or get mentioned in this conversation that we're going to prove to everybody why we belong in those conversations, why we, why we are the best team in the league. So 
I don't I don't foresee Jack having a bad game, but I think he could have an excellent game if he if he's focused is up there on the corner kicks for headers and just plays his heart out because I honestly think Jack Elliott is more valuable than Glesson sometimes by the way he plays. And I know that's you can go either way, but I love I love Elliott. Yeah, you know, I I think we go back to the to talking or commenting on the ethos of this team and what really gets this team ticking and and makes this team really work and and jive and feel like a well-oiled machine. And I think a lot of it has to do with its egalitarian spirit, right? Wanting to really lift everybody up despite certainly huge chasms of of levels of play between some players and another that I think if you were to ask Andre Blake, Andre Blake, would you give up the Wanamaker Award for your team to win the championship? And I think that without blinking an eye, he would say yes. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I would give that personal accolade to make sure that Jacob Glesnus, Kai Wagner, Nathaniel Harrell and Baizo, et cetera, et cetera, the, the Paxons of the world, the Sullivans of the world, all get recognition for winning as a team. I think he would. And I think that goes along with everybody else who did receive mm-hmm. a personal award uh, offseason or midseason or whatever just to be able to say, no, this is a team thing. This is a Philadelphia team sport. We're a team right. and, and really come through. So, you know, I don't disagree with you. I think, I think Elliot, which shout out to him, uses my favorite pair of spikes I've ever worn myself, the Predator <laughs> Manias from 2002, though I think he uses the remake from 2018, 2019. Uh, shout out to you. Um, I think, I think he's probably got one of the biggest chips on his shoulder. And, and again, and, and I think, and, and, if, if anything from his time at West Virginia and, and his time now with Philadelphia, he comes from hardworking teams yep. and teams that teach their players to work hard and not think about themselves. But I think Jack is really when I go out there, going to want to go out there and prove it. And if I'm, if I'm Andre Blake or I'm Ala Bedoya, I am printing that team sheet uh, with the awards that are, that is missing the Elliots of the world. And I'm putting that on his locker tomorrow and saying, mm-hmm. prove him wrong. And that's right. all you got to put in his locker to get him pumped up to run through a brick wall. Cause I don't think and, it's going to take much more than that. I mean, this outside of Kai and, and, and Michael, Ua, how many of these players I'd say even maybe Jacob. So let's say, okay, let's simplify this way between be, take Blake, Kai, Glessness and Michael out of the equation. Right. If you focus on the remaining seven starters, think of the storyline behind those seven starters. Jack Elliott, not better than Glessness. Olivier cost us the NYCFC match last year. Ali Bedoya, too old. Daniel Gaza can't keep up with MLS. Julian Carranza, hurt. A, a, an outcast from Miami. Leon Flock can't score a goal, can't play offense, isn't good enough to make the U.S. You know, national team. Think of the storylines behind these players. Even Paxton, not Brendan Aronson. You know, all these players, McGlynn, not good enough defensively. These, it kind of like Jason Kelsey's thing, right? It's the whole team. It's mm-hmm. every single person on this team, minus those four players, have been slighted and forgotten about and put down. And Olivier in particular, last year was the GOAT, right? He was the one who everybody blamed for that, that loss. And then you see him have just the season of his life after being sent to the bench. And then right when he finally p- plays one of his best matches of the year against NYCFC, who comes running to him first? Nathan Harrell. 
another person who has probably been doubted upon and not, you know, not good enough to replace Olivier, all that stuff, who's been on the bench for the half of the season for Olivier. There's so many underdogs on our team that you know tomorrow they're all going out there to prove themselves, not just for themselves, but for the, the people who doubted them, the people who thought they weren't good enough. You know, Julian wants to show Miami, hey, fuck you, Miami. I'm better. <laughs> I'm better with who with this team now. So I think the storylines, as you mentioned, are phenomenal. There are, there are, there are dozens and dozens of storylines that you could follow and, and spend an hour or two just trying to unravel uh, but I think the one that matters will be when the 90 minutes are up or 93, 94 minutes are up and, and who's going to be on that stage. And even if it's not our team, I'm still extremely happy with the way that the season went. Yeah, we, we, we went from, gosh, we went from arguing about the U.S. Open Cup, uh, whether or not we were going to play a full team or not. And we were juggling two or three competitions at the time to, now sitting in front of a computer screen mic and, and talking about potentially winning the ultimate ultimate championship in the United States. Uh, and sure, there's the CONCACAF Champions League and whatever 20 other tournaments seem to be introduced every year. Uh, many, yeah. It's all it's watered just, down now, but that's a conversation I, for another day. <laughs> no, and you Go know, I, 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 hope that, I hope that next year, Mike, uh, yeah. on your jersey and, and certainly the jerseys that I have here, these are obviously not new by any stretch. I hope that next year, if we are going to use the Bayou jersey that you're wearing, at the very top of it, there's going to be a star. Yep. And that's all that matters after 90 minutes, and that's what they're fighting for. And I, I just really hope that the last 10, 11, 12 years of following this team pay off tomorrow. And, and yep. whether, again, whether they are not on top after 90 minutes, it's it's going to be a, a team. It's going to be a, a year of just so many memories. It's just unbelievable yeah i honestly jose i think that's well put i don't i don't see how i can say it any better myself um yeah well tomorrow this will probably be the last time we see this jersey on the field maybe just maybe. well we'll certainly certainly on the back of back uh paxton's <laughs> chest Pax, or paxton's will be hanging up. <laughs> yeah. but yeah yeah i think it's 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 run its course right two years yeah. of, of it years. um which good luck to whatever designer at Adidas comes up with, tries to come up with something better because it's gonna be very <clears> tough <throat> with how many accolades that jersey got. Big time, man! I still have the the you know the white one from before this song, which I loved, by the way. The was that the one, one with the, the the one with the toilet paper print? Kind of, yeah. It's like that yeah. whitish. Yeah, I, I was actually almost gonna wear that tonight. It has the <laughs> 2019 team signatures all over it. Like uh, everybody, everybody except for Jamiro and I think Olivier are on that jersey. Oh gosh, correctly. yeah, yeah. Nice. I have it somewhere framed. It's even curtains on it, all that stuff. Or I'm going to frame cool. it rather. It's in my curtain. It's in my closet rather. Um, I don't know. If maybe if they win, I'll wear it on the show. I haven't. That's a one thing I've worn every single Union attire I have on this show except for that jersey. And I feel like that'd be for a special occasion. So if hopefully you guys see me in white next week uh, when we recap the game. But no, it's, you know, listen, Jose, I think you summed it up perfectly. We've been talking for an hour now, and I think you and I can go back and forth another two hours about this team. But before we close it up, we have to do one last prediction for the season. Jose, what's your prediction for goals, scores, and who do you think, and what do you think the final score is going to be? I struggled. I knew you'd ask. I know you didn't ask me out loud or, or ask me intentionally, but when thinking about the run of show that we typically do, this is something that we talk about and it's, it's mm -hmm. painful, especially today. Um, I think a two, one win for the yeah. union. 
I think Carranza comes through. And we also see a goal, a penalty goal by Gastag, uh, which will be highly controversial because it's going to be something stupid that Chiellini will do against <laughs> against uh, someone who's much faster than him and Ua. Uh, so a, a 2-1 highly controversial win because that would just be the most Philadelphia thing to happen, right, for us to win a championship with Lots of questions asked, despite us being fairly certain that we were the better team. You want to talk about being overshadowed or Philadelphia way to win? The Philadelphia Union winning a title on the same day the Phillies are in the World Series is the ultimate reason, <laughs> the ultimate way to win. Even when we have the highest achievement, we're still overshadowed by somebody else. Um, no, it's I, I. Sometimes you think with your head and you think with your heart, and sometimes your head tells you, you know, they're in LA. Can they really do it? LA can probably beat them two to one, that kind of stuff. But when you, you know, you know how good your team is. I'm going to go three to two. Unfortunately, I don't think it's as defensive of, as a as a performance as we like. I do think it's going to be one of those juggernaut matches that we've seen already from these two clubs mm-hmm. twice already. It was what three three two years ago, and now it's it was two two over this past season. So we've already seen it be high scoring between these two teams. I think it's going to be three to two. I think the goals are going to be Jack Elliott with a header. Julian Carranza, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say one last time, and he better not let me down. Jose Martinez will have a goal to yeah. win to win the title. He will be the third goal. Um, if that if that happens, Mike, I guarantee you, I will buy a Martinez jersey, which is long overdue to be completely honest. And there's no shame in doing that, but I will spend the capital in getting that. Hell yeah, three to two. That's what I'm saying, and I think Martinez wins it. As a third goal, I'm doing it because if there was ever a union way to win, that would be that would be the way. So again, did, guys, <laughs> did you get any word on uh, Dave's predictions? Uh, we should have asked him. I, Damn it! Yeah, Mike. Being God. being Dave, he's probably gonna say two one uh, something something something. I'm British. I'm British. Two one. Gazdag brace two to one. Yeah, yeah that, sounds about, that sounds about right with Dave. Yeah. So, guys, tomorrow, uh, the union travel to LA. They're there already to face off LAFC for the MLS Cup final. Sounds weird to say. 4 o'clock p.m. start. I believe the coverage on Fox starts at 3.30. There's a big watch party at Super Park, Xfinity Live, PJs, Chicken Pete's, all across the Delaware Valley. So find a place, find a TV. I don't care if it's your basement with Jose's kids. We're at Super Park with me. Find a TV because for the next, those two hours, it's going to be just bliss and chaos and hopefully excitement. Um, but that wraps up our show. Jose, any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I, I think, you know, I, it almost gets you a little nostalgic, right, for the season, what it's been, and, and thinking about the beginning, the, the dumb shit that we argued about with, again, the Orlando controversy. Do we play everybody at L.A. or not type mm-hmm. of thing? But man, what a season it's been! What a what an investment the tickets were! What a what a wonderful set of memories, uh, although very interrupted to, for me, but also memorable with the birth of my second son in the middle of it all. It's just you know what a this team was an incredible outlet for me to get through some of those difficult nights early on of having a, a newborn where you're up so late, uh, rewatching games or maybe catching a game while doing a feeding, etc. Just mm-hmm. 
it's just been a great season. Whatever happens tomorrow, I'm still going to be thrilled to be a Union fan as everybody else should. Uh, and we see what happens on Wednesday. I know I'm not. I'm looking a little further ahead, but intrigued if there's any surprise call-ups uh, that deal with the Union for the U.S. men's national team. I can't imagine anybody from our squad getting some sort of call-up. <laughs> I think it's it's a far. I don't think it's a. It is a conclusion. I can't imagine that any of the the baby snakes get in, but. Um, It'll be it'll be interesting. Olivier and Daniel should be uh, out there, right? Uh, I don't even want to think about Olivier and Bizo having to defend Neymar in the World <laughs> Cup, which again is a sentence that is gonna be true. And I know it was to me, it was very much a question mark, especially with how he was just ghosted onto the bench. But now that he's come back and been in form. I think that Neymar and Mbaizo is going to be an interesting matchup in less than 20-some days. It's unbelievable to say that sentence out loud. Cannot wait, man. Yeah, no, you know, I'll end with that same nostalgic, man. It was a long season. During that whole May that they went through out West, I had COVID for like two weeks. It was just one of those things where you don't want to even look at yourself in the mirror. You're so out of it, and the union were there to grind you through it all. Um, long drives at Chester, long nights coming back home. It was all worth it, man. This season has been incredible. And like I posted that bet today, I placed it on January 22nd. It's been nine months. A baby uh, has been. I has remember been you telling me that. Yeah. Rocked inside the Union's stadium for the past nine months. And now here we are. Uh, so, again, a lot of nostalgia. And we'll discuss the nostalgia after the match again next week or so. But until then, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Jose's uh, handle, I believe, is on the screen right there. And then mine right there, Embraer1323. And uh, follow us on AAT Sports. And we'll be covering the match, tweeting it out. And, you know, go Union. Doop.